Claptrap, episode 14, Wrestling. is Kyle. Josh is away on business, so I'm going to be flying solo on this episode. Our guest this week is Brad Cress. He wrestled for Mount Union University, and he is currently a middle school teacher as well as a wrestling coach. So we get into all things wrestling, training, matches, weight classes, just how much it sucks to cut weight, and a whole bunch of other things. So I hope you guys really enjoy. So let's get started. Hey, Brad. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. So you've been out of the wrestling game for a couple years, but you said you are now in the coaching game. Well, I, I've been coaching for a while, ever since I, you know, I guess formally was done with wrestling at, at Mount Union. And then I was coaching in a couple of different places. It just kind of just depends on where I was. I've been bouncing around a little bit just because of like trying to find different teaching jobs that would be better. But uh, yeah, this is my sixth year, I guess, coaching. So now we're at Jackson Middle School. Is there a big difference between wrestling in high school versus wrestling in college? Oh, oh man. Even at the Division three level, it is a drastic difference. I mean, you got to think that in high school, there's plenty of kids. And there's a lot of kids that just start out. But I mean, your average kid probably has three, four years experience all the way up to like eight. But for the most part, even in high school, you're still looking at kids that only have a couple of years. And well, now in college, I mean, there's no such thing as like the bad kid anymore that you have. I mean, every kid that you go against is like state qualifier here, or multiple time state placer. So a lot of the kids and then any of the kids like your whole team is the exact same thing, too. Most of the kids on the team are in the same boat where everybody's good. So it's a drastic difference between the quality of how hard you have to work. You know, if you just to get a takedown in college versus how hard you would have to work in high school, huge difference. Yeah, I can imagine because even just, you know, I went to the University of Akron and then just playing like flag football. Everybody that was there was like if they weren't playing Division One college football, they were probably there playing the flag football. So you got guys running like probably like four or five forties that you're trying to cover. And I'm just like, why aren't these guys playing for Akron? Because we always sucked. So. I can only imagine what being in an actual varsity sport was like. I think it's funny that you would bring up intramurals because it's just like, yeah, I mean, I still played intramurals in college, but there would be like the kids that quit off of the whatever team. So if you're playing like a volleyball intramural or a soccer intramural, next thing you know, you're like, you have this intramural team filled with all the kids who quit. I remember just getting destroyed in a soccer game, you know, or like, who the heck are these people? Like, oh, they're everybody was just on Mount's team. So yeah, I know what you mean. So my background with wrestling was we wrestled in gym class every once in a while. And Seth Graham usually handed me a big fat loss in about 10 seconds. So uh, maybe we can go over kind of like the point scoring system and things like that, just for background information. Uh, in a high school match, because the, the times change. So in a youth match, you're at a minute, minute, minute. 
middle school's minute 30, minute 30, minute 30, and high school is two, two, two. And then I guess, I guess at this point, we just keep going on. College would be a three minute, two minute, two minute. But from a point scoring, so in your first period, you start neutral and takedowns worth two points. So typically, you know, if you're neutral, you, you have to have a takedown first. So you go takedown, and if you put them on their back, you get either two points or three points, depending on how long you can keep them there. From there, you could get a reversal if you were on bottoms, and reversals are also worth two points. So it's just, it's, think of it as like if you have uh, control, so if a takedown's worth two and you have control, now if the other guy gets a reversal, that's also worth two because now he's in control. So it makes sense that those two would be worth the same amount of point value. And then just getting an escape, meaning if you were on bottom and you got out, that's one point. So it's not, there's really not too many, like, I mean, there's, a lot more intricacies, but that would be the the basic, you know, how to, how to score points kind of thing. Okay, and then there's different styles because I I hear people talking about like Greco Roman wrestling. Is what are the difference between the styles? Well, so folk style is more like an American one. Like not to say that they don't do it in other countries, but they don't really focus on it. And uh, Greco and freestyle are both a little bit. I mean, you can watch it, uh, of course, during the Olympics. You just don't really see it too much in America. So it, it really has to do with like throws. Um, you don't, a lot, it's a streamlined, you get your takedowns or you get your throws and then they'll sit there and your your goal would be just to kind of roll them across the back, which doesn't happen all too often. There's also like push out points. It's just kind of like a different scoring. I mean, if you're good at wrestling, you'll typically be good at Greco or freestyle. I mean, I, I kind of wish that we would add in a little bit. I mean, one of the things would be push out points. And if you push somebody out of the circle, you get a point. And I, I think that would be great to add in. I, I've had a lot of people debate me on that one. And I, I mean, it's not to say that they're right or wrong. I just think that it, in high school specifically, one of the ways to stall is more or less just to eventually go out of bounds. Well, if you go out of bounds, you know, if you could score points that way, people would be fighting to stay in bounds a lot harder. I think it would make the matches more interesting. But yeah, for the most part, they're, I, I really don't want to say that they're the same because somebody's going to be like, wow, they're not even close, but like it's transferable skills for the most part. Yeah. I can imagine why you would want a penalty for stepping out of the circle because at that point it's like, why even have it? Because if you get pushed out, do you just reset? Yeah. So in uh, like a regular match, if you were p- get pushed out of bounds, you would just kind of, they would bring you back if the other guy's out of bounds as well. Sometimes like uh, if you're in bounds and they're out of bounds, they'll let the match keep going. It kind of depends on the ref. Theoretically, if you're in bounds, they should let it go, but sometimes they'll just blow it out of bounds just to get a restart in the middle. If someone's kind of playing the out of bounds line a little bit too much. So you were talking about stalling. How exactly do you do that in wrestling? Because like in boxing, you would just clinch the guy and kind of hug him to if you're getting like pummeled and you just need to make it to the end of the round you basically just do the same thing it's kind of the same ish thing there's so many ways that you could stall with and try to make it legal like one of them would just be a tie up neutral if you tie up and you kind of get your ear next to their ear and you tighten it up it makes it really difficult for the other guy to get a takedown and it's really difficult for you to get a takedown too when that happens but you could do it that way obviously if you're just more of like in a defensive stance so if you're leaving your feet a little bit more uh, it's kind of like you're doing a squat without one foot more or less in front of the other so you have like a square stance that would be a way to you know just a little bit more of a defensive stance if you're on bottom of course you can kind of just act like you're working your way up but then don't it's meaning i'm going to build a base 
to try to do a stand up, but then if he puts any pressure on me, I kind of get right, you know, bro- broken back down in my stomach. And if, as long as you're good at not getting turned, then he's not going to be able to get any back points on you. But he's all, so he's not able to score and you're not going to score on bottom. So you can kind of just sit there and wait it out sometimes. Be, that'd be your basic stalling methods, but it really just depends on the score of the match and what's going on to make that, if it was a good idea or not. Okay. So I guess maybe our next topic, we can kind of go into the different type of moves in wrestling. You know, most people are probably familiar with MMA nowadays and there's like a wrestling element involved, but it's kind of more evolved into jujitsu where kind of, you need more of like a trained eye. So like Joe Rogan is like an expert at this and he can call out, Oh, he's throwing him in a Kimura or whatever. Is it kind of similar for wrestling where there's moves that you can execute on your opponent? Yeah. I mean, you would go in with a strategy, right? So if I have a favorite mover, so I would have, I would go out and like, I'm looking for this, but you got to realize that you're going against a live person. It's not a drill. So if something else is available, then you kind of can get, you'd have to go and adjust your strategy. I mean, for me, I would start out, and if I can try to get your head down a little bit and go after like an ankle pick or something, which is more or less I would push the head down towards your knee and then put my hand behind your ankle and kind of push through with that uh, right arm while the left arm's grabbing the ankle. It would be kind of hard to explain, but more or less that's like my go-to because then when I miss that move or they move that leg back, then I have a nice second shot because that may mean that they are pulling their right leg back which leaves their left leg forward. So then I would go right leg, left leg. And if I miss that shot, then I go back to the left leg. I mean, this is kind of back and forth, but as much as you can't always, you know, hit exactly the way, you know, it's not that easy. You know, it really depends on what they're doing, but I have like a system of here's, I want to hit these couple of moves in this order based. It it just, that's how a normal human would react. They would pull that leg back. That leaves the other leg. So you can kind of do the same ish things and, you know, you have a system, but it depends on their height or their strength or something like that. I mean, if, if I can't get his head snapped down at all, then I have to completely change off to something else that might be more available on, you know, against the person I'm wrestling against. So you were talking about combos, maybe a little bit there. So do you go within like a game plan? You're like, okay, I'm really confident in hitting like this series of combos. And then, like you said, you kind of have to adjust on the fly. I'm guessing probably at the college level, it's more in depth. Do you like watch film like other sports do on, okay, this guy might be weak at this or something like that? It'd be hard to find the exact kid that you're wrestling against. So you more or less just have to realize how like the body works and having combos is incredibly important when you get to college or like any like higher level high school kid is just like I was saying earlier about the difference between a high school kid and a college kid. Like for the most part, if you have one good shot and could have like a little bit of a setup to that shot, you're going to get your takedown against the average high school kid. But in a college match, you're going to need two or three or four shots in a row that are all good before you're going to get, you got to knock them off balance first. And like I said, in high school, you don't necessarily need to. In college, you do. But yeah, I definitely have like a couple of combos. And then it just turns into adjusting on the fly. Like if they start doing something different, like I said, if I started and I was going to ankle pick first, just because it's a pretty safe move. Uh, My chance of getting taken down on that shot, not very high, but I have a decent chance of knocking you off balance. It kind of starts my offense. But if they leave their head down as opposed to leaving it up, now that their head is down... I'm just going to snap them. It means I'm just going to grab their arm, grab their back of their head and just kind of throw them down. 
instead of taking a second shot or a single leg or something underneath of their defense. Because at that point, their he- with their head being down, I can't shoot as easily because his head's blocking his legs. But because his head is down, it's easier to snap him down. I mean, really good wrestlers, you're just going to notice, it's just like I said, this is called chain wrestling. And they're just the ones that when they have their series of moves, they're able to adjust quicker than the other kids. And if you can adjust quickly to based on how their body is reacting, you're going to be better. I mean, in in the simplest of terms, that would basically be what you need to do. So it sounds just like the good wrestlers can, they can adjust and take advantage of opportunities as they present themselves. They don't need to think. And that's the thing. It's like when you have like, so my, my middle school kids, I'm like screaming something out because they're, they're just young and they don't know what their next move should be. So they have that, that thinking break. And then in high school, you can you can always tell like the kids that have wrestled a little bit longer because everything is like, wow, that guy's so fast. You always hear that like they're so fast, they're so fast. And I, I really doubt that it's not like a football fast, you know, where they have like, wow, his 40 time is literally faster than this kid. In wrestling, I more or less believe that it's not so much that someone is quite literally quicker than you. It's just that they've wrestled longer and they know what their next move. So it appears quicker. But it's not like they're actually physically just fast. They just know what they're going to do next. So it's like, wow, that guy hit three shots in three seconds and all of them made sense. He's just done it so many times before, so much repetition. So from like a practice standpoint, you're probably just trying to run these moves so many times that it just becomes like an automatic response whenever that opportunity presents itself during a match. Yeah, and a lot of it is making sure, like I was talking about shooting multiple moves, I try to chain wrestle two moves for them together. And it's it's hard for them because it's like, they want to be like, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. But then they they go out in their match and a lot of times they're against some other first year kid too. So it's like, if they shoot a single leg, they're going to get, they're either going to get it or they're not. And they're like, well, okay, coach, like, why do I need to have two shots? I obviously just got them down in one. So it's really hard for them to understand why I keep preaching to hit multiple things when in their brains, they're like, oh, I don't need multiple things. So why do I need to listen to you? They finally learn as soon as they wrestle that one good kid, they can stop their first shot. And it's like, well, that's why you needed two or three. So in practice, for the most part, I teach logical combos about like, you know, if you're going to shoot to this leg, what would the average human do? They're going to, oh, they're going to move to here. So then I kind of can talk about body position and like, like I said, if I shoot in in a leg, they're either going to leave their head up or they're going to leave their head down. They are going to move that leg back. I mean, everybody's going to have to move the leg back. If they leave their head up, you have a better second shot. If they leave their head down and they defended it with their head, you have a better chance at a snap down. So it's just kind of like talking them through stuff like that and adding some other stuff. Like when they, we are doing top bottom wrestling, you know, if you hit a half Nelson, which is Basically, so you have their one wrist on the other side and a half is just underneath their armpit to the back of their head with your hand. If they're defending it, they're probably brought like their far leg up or they're moving their near leg and just the weight of where the rest of their body is. And then you have options. And a lot of it's just the longer you wrestle, things pop up. But just making sure that they're like smart wrestlers when they know what, you know, if the move isn't working, what would be available next? So again, that chain wrestling mentality Next move, next move, next move, next move. I feel like it's probably similar to playing baseball growing up. And for pitching, most kids, if you have like a good heater, like middle school, you can just get by with throwing the fastball every pitch. But then once you start playing better kids that can actually catch up to the heat, you're going to need to bring like a change up or a curveball, something else 
in order to stay on top of the game. Yeah, that's a good way to bring it up. So what is your all-time favorite move? <laughs> oh, man. I feel like it changes. I had uh, one of the kids who wrestled with me at Mount, and then I still hang out with them. I just was with them a couple weeks ago, actually. He said something years ago. He's two years older than me, and I was like, yeah, okay. And he's like, because he was talking about his favorite moves. And he's like, you know, I used to really like to hit, like, it's a high crotch. And he's like, but anymore, I just hit shucks because it's so much easier. And it gets, the t- he's like, I don't need any flash anymore. I'm old. And then, like, I, I just kind of, like, laughed it off because at that point, I'm like, I'm 23. I'm, like, coaching high school at that point. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm just going to keep hitting this stuff. And then I, and then now I'm 29, and I'm like, these are middle school kids. And I'm like, I'm done shooting underneath these people. I see this. <laughs> I'm like, it just hurts anymore, you know? You, you like, go home, and you're like, how did some 12-year-old, like, hurt my shoulder? But I, I so now my favorite moves more or less involve, like, because I'm, like, stronger than them so i can just i can snap them down and it's just like oh, i'll just get a takedown with the snap down i don't need to shoot so <laughs> i'm like i'm still scoring points but i have adjusted uh, the shots that i take based on the fact that i don't need to hit the other stuff but yeah i mean not the it's kind of like like i said it's an interesting answer i just found it to be like it, it, what he said years ago is becoming more and more true as i get older and decide like oh my knees and back are uh They'd be hurting when I'm done. So that's that's what I hit now. Well, I'm guessing, you know, with actual wrestling versus professional wrestling, you guys probably don't have like a finishing move or anything, right? Oh, it's not like Mortal Kombat or something. That's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Finish him. I mean, you'd have like a pin move. I So from my feet, if I was going to try to just instantly pin someone, and it's just another one that involves a little bit of snapping the head down. It's super annoying to them because they don't know how to stop it. And it makes it really funny for me because I could hit it on them like three times in a minute. It's basically a snap down. And then I grab their wrists and I put it behind my head. And uh, so I just kind of duck under the arm and then sit to my right, which then I can pretty much just put them into a cradle from there. I can pin them instantly from their feet. And it's pretty hard to stop. And they still don't like said so they don't know how to stop it yet, but it's something that is like the finisher just because, like I said, I can go straight from neutral to them being pinned within a matter of a few seconds. So I guess if I had a, uh, you know, finish him, that would probably be uh, that'd probably be the go to. Now, in college, you know, like for MMA, everybody's got like a nickname. Did you have a nickname like Brad Bonecrusher Cress or anything? <laughs> no. That would be, I mean, no, we didn't do anything like that. The only thing that we ever did exciting wise, I had like a going out to a match song. Like, you know, everybody had like their warm up song, but that's about it. We didn't have anything. Now there was a kid on our team that he did go into like professional wrestling. So he had uh, his little professional wrestling name was Darren DeNero. And he was pretty big into it. He was, I mean, he was a funny dude. Definitely was a heck of a personality. But everybody was like, yeah, okay, okay, you know, professional wrestling. And then, like, next thing I know, I'm, like, seeing his, like, fight posters on Facebook. And I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> crazy dude pulled it off. So he's been doing that the last couple of years. But, I mean, I guess I should have never have doubted just because, I mean, he had such a personality. And, like, that's all professional wrestling really is. And so I, I would guarantee you'd be a likable dude to watch. What was your walkout song? I used Mumford and Sons, The Cave, when it was like the, you know, 
jamming towards the end part. And I know that's a weird song, but like we listened to it a lot when we were practicing. But I swear, like seven years ago when I was in college, <laughs> that was a Mumford and Sons were pretty, pretty sweet. But yeah, I usually use the cave or uh, radioactive. It's the old Imagine Dragons. You know, the MMA guy, Cody Garbrandt, he's from our area. He's from Uricsville, right? I almost had to wrestle him. Yeah, I was in the same tournament he was in. He was in my weight class for like two years. I just never matched up with him. Because that was going to be my question. Does he have a wrestling background? So I guess that answer is yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cody, uh, man, I couldn't say his exact stats. I believe is at least a one-time state champ and then a couple of time placer or i mean he he was he was a good wrestler absolutely a very good wrestler so who like coming up through the ranks was there anybody that was just like this guy is the guy for wrestling oh i mean there was definitely some names that stuck out like i mean cody was actually one of them like i said i, I want to say he's the same yeah, he was born in 91 so he's the same age as me he typically was in the same weight class although not the same division but still, he was a beast. And I mean, Claymont always had some beast kids. I remember wrestling like it was like a freshman Claymont kids, not Cody at the time. And I was still like, I was like, this is, you know, a tough match. Like I won the match. I don't know by how many points or whatever. But, you know, even wrestling a kid who was younger than me, I was like a junior or a senior at the time. Still like, I mean, they he always have some studs. And there it is. So he's a state championship as a freshman. And then he was a runner up, at least a one time state champion. So. Because I think back in high school, there was some guy in the college level, like, maybe you can help me out. But he won, I think, the national championship like four years in a row, maybe like Kale Sanderson or something like that. Well, and around our age would have been Logan Stieber. But yeah, Kale Sanderson would have been early 90s, I want to say. Could be wrong. But Logan Stieber, who I did, I wrestled him too. I know, great times. Right? But Logan Stieber was a four-time state champ in Ohio, has the win record for like consecutive wins because he only lost one time. It was his freshman year, a couple matches in, and lost to David Taylor, who's one of the other like all-time greats, kind of you know just beat out Jordan Burroughs like two weeks ago. David Taylor might be representing us for the Olympic team, uh, but they kind of go back and forth. Usually Jordan Burroughs ends up winning. But yeah, I mean... David Taylor, absolute stud. Logan Stever, four-time state champ, and then four-time national champ. I think that might be who you're thinking of because that would have been, you know, like I said, he was the same age as us. But yeah, I had to wrestle him in a high school tournament once. That was uh, that was a bad time, a real bad time. <laughs> I mean, like I like to say that I was the one loss, but uh, no, I was uh, I was not. At the college level, who are some of the like top wrestling programs in the country? Is the Big Ten like the wrestling conference? Yeah, I mean, right now, Penn State has been really good, obviously, for the last couple of years. Ohio State has always been, like, same thing, like, last couple of years, Ohio State has been good. Iowa, historically, is usually pretty good. Now, they've kind of been a little bit off now, which is hard to say, like, when you're, like, a little bit off, but, I mean, they had years where they were in first, 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 first. Now, they're just kind of, like, mostly good, which... Again, every everything is kind of shifting towards Penn State. I mean, Ohio State 2015 was the D1 champions. So obviously not that long ago that they were also right up there. So definitely both both Ohio State and Penn State have really good programs, you know, from a D1 point of view. But from a D3 point of view, actually, it's interesting. I don't actually know that many D2 colleges enough to say who their powerhouses are. But in D3, 
Mount Union is uh, ranked ninth. John Carroll is right now ranked third. These are in the same league, not only the same division, but like this is in the OAC. And Baldwin Wallace, I want to say, is like sixth. So there's three teams in the top 10, and they're all in the same league. So you're going to see some duels against some top 10 teams in league matches, which it's going to be crazy. It's going to be an interesting year for a local uh, Division three wrestling. Well, you know, Ohio, it's cold outside in the winter. We got nothing better to do than beat on each other. So on the uh, Olympic level, where does the USA fall into things? Because Russia's probably up towards the top, right? The Eastern Europeans, I feel like they're probably good at wrestling. I can't say like off the top of my head who did what. Like I don't follow like the Olympics like uh, constantly. However, they, I mean, the U.S. team is really good. Jordan Burroughs has been a multiple time gold medalist. And we have plenty of other people who also have been doing a, a good job. U.S. Olympic team is legit. And the girls team is good too. And, it, and the team they're going to be sending for this next year also is going to be no slouch team. I mean, they, the U.S. has been constantly pumping out really good wrestlers. I mean, I guess if you look at all-time medals, Soviet Union is us beat, but United States is in second. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to uh, the upcoming, what is it, Tokyo Olympics. I like watching the sports like wrestling that are kind of not high profile, typically. Kind of getting exposed to some different kinds of things. How many different weight classes are there? youth there's a ton oh my gosh i don't even want to like estimate it's like in the 20s but at the middle school level we have 16 at the high school level you have 14 and at the college level you have 10 so college and the thing is it's kind of nuts is college matches last longer than any of the other matches just because you don't really see people getting pinned very often so like a college match where there's only 10 weight classes lasts at least an hour or sometimes the high school ones not so much but yeah 16 for middle school 10 or 14 for high school 10 for college what weight class did you wrestle? 125 for the most part. I wrestled 112 my freshman year of high school and then 125 the rest of the way out through high school. And then happened to be that the lightest weight class in college was 125. So I just stayed there, I guess. I guess that would make sense because I guess one of the crazy things about wrestling is the whole gain weight, lose weight, cut weight all that kind of stuff. So maybe do you want to get into some of the the training aspects for wrestling? Well, let's just say that it was significantly easier when I was a sophomore in high school making 125 pounds than it was when I was a junior in college. That was definitely starting to suck. I mean, there's definitely more of a trend. and We've been trending away from like extreme weight loss, which is kind of nice for the sport as well. It comes down to a good competition weight. You want to lose a little bit of weight. You want to trim some fat. But you have to get a good competition weight. And that was something that in college, I was definitely not at a good competition weight. Like 125 for me at that point was too small. So I was really kind of struggling to make the weight. So for me, I would die off, at, you know, in the match, like second period, be like, oh, I have zero energy at this point. Because I would have spent the entire week, you know, running and running and running to try to keep my weight down, not really eating a ton of food. Not like I'm, you got to eat something. So I was just trying to be, you know, careful and selective about the stuff that I would put in. So it was all like good foods, especially the water part of it. I guess you have to really watch the amount of liquids that you drink. I mean, that's the thing that people don't understand. Like I had a kid who's like, oh, coach, I'm on the water diet. And I'm like, what in the hell is the water diet? Like, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Like you're literally, so you're not eating food and you're just drinking pure pounds 
I like watch the kid. He's like five pounds overweight and he just chugs like a 16 ounce water. And I'm like, I understand it's a zero calories, but you just gained a pound like of instant weight. So it's like, yeah, water's good for you. You know, if you don't have a scale in your, you know, two hours away from you future. Sure. Drink water. Stay away from pop, obviously. But <laughs> you can't just go chugging water and expect to make weight. It's just not going to work. M- 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 Mama said g- 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 Gatorade is f- 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 from the devil. Well, when you're cutting weight, it's not the world's greatest thing to be drinking the Gatorades. But drink water, not at that amount. Oh, my gosh. Like, I just like watched him in disbelief. It's like I can't believe you just did that right in front of me, dude. Like I was drinking like a bottle of water a day and running 16 miles to try to keep my weight off because I would, I mean, if I was eating all, like almost anything, I would be shooting up to 135 pounds and then trying to cut down to 25. And it was just like, at that point, I wasn't eating anything like terrible, terrible because I, I would be so severely dehydrated before the match. I'd go drink like a 32 ounce Gatorade, boom, you know, now, and then any other thing that I might go drink or a Pedialyte, that's like the hidden gem. You know, drink a Pedialyte the, for the little babies. <laughs> but those things are amazing when you are dehydrated, I'll tell you what. But, I mean, if I would drink one of those in a Gatorade, boom, now I went from 125 to 130. So it's like, geez, now I'm five pounds over. It's gonna, I'm going to have to run off so much of this. And I'm not peeing any of that out because I was already de- dehydrated. So all of that weight that I would drink st- would stick right on me. Yeah, man, you guys are see, wrestling guys. You guys almost have to be like ascetic monk or something to uh run 16 miles and drink a bottle of water a day i found it to be that it was easier running at the mac which is like the main area of like where the athletes and non-athletes like our wrestling room is in the bottom floor of this area and there's some academic classes and there's some treadmills and stuff so i would run there in high school i'd be running and be in my basement and it would be just me but then in college, I was like, okay, so I had like my treadmill. And I, I just like, I don't know, maybe I was just cutting weight and just pissed off the world or something. But like, I always got so mad and there'd be some rando that was like on my treadmill. Not like there wasn't 15 of them. Be like, listen here, lady, you suck. <laughs> like, you're going to come in here. And they just, God, they were just so frustrating. They had like these, these girls and they would come in with these huge like Nalgene bottles or whatever filled with water. I'm just sitting there and they go run. They run like a half a mile. And they go chug their water and then they bounce. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, my gosh, I hate you so much. It it was just like I I constantly had to be in a state of like I'm running. And if there would be someone who would join the treadmill next to me, I didn't stop until they stopped. And I think that made it somewhat easier. It just gave me something else to focus on other than like the suck was like, all right, lady, you don't know this. But I really hope you're not a track star because I'm going to run longer than you. So and there would definitely be some times where I'd be kind of eating that. And I'm like, all right, looks like I'm in for a little bit more than I bargained here because, you know, it'd be the one girl that actually or there was occasionally boys as well. But for the most part, the guys would doing more lifting and the uh, girls were doing more running. But yeah, those people would be next to me. I'm just like, nope, yeah, I'm (laughs) I'm going to run longer than you. And most of the time I did. Yeah, at Akron, it was the same way. At the rec center, there'd just be like a sea of treadmills or uh, ellipticals. You might see one guy on it, but for the most part, it was all the women. Yeah, the girls would run and the guys would lift. Again, not to stereotype, but typically that's just how it was. So 
they started to not like that we were running and they were trying to like ban us from running upstairs because they didn't like the fact that we were like cutting weight in all of our gear and like all this stuff. And they like, it was like frowned upon to go up there and run. I'm like, that's, you know, why should I not be allowed? Like I'm in a sport (laughs) trying to just, you know, get my weight down, but they, they didn't like that. We would uh, have all of our sweat, sweat gear on running with a normal population, I guess off to the dungeon with you you gotta stay down there yeah i know our room was in a dungeon basically i mean mount union has a beautiful wrestling room but i mean there was only one treadmill down there and a lot of the times it wasn't just me that was running so so like another part of training is you know weightlifting or whatever but then like you're saying you have the whole weight aspect so would you do any weightlifting in the during the season or was that kind of all off season or did you just never weight lift and you just kind of did your body exercises push-ups and and that kind of thing i guess it'd be a combination of all of it for the most part ways to get stronger would have been just wrestling and push-ups pull-ups and squats like air squats and we did those before every practice so every day it kind of like kept going up going up going up by the end of the year we're doing like 50 push-ups before practice, 50 air squats, and 25 pull-ups or something like that, if I remember correctly. And we just did that all the time. So now that plus running, like my legs were in pretty good shape. Like uh, the muscles in those were, were pretty good. So they wouldn't like fatigue too fast. And doing the amount of push-ups and everything that we were doing constantly usually was enough to kind of negate you know, strength-wise. I mean, there's more important things at that point than just being, like, strong. It'd be, uh, like, the condition, muscle conditioning and them not getting tired is more important in the long term than just being just outright strong, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure, because probably to your average person that's never wrestled one second in their life, they're probably like, oh, yeah, you know, three-minute rounds or whatever, I could do that. Yeah, until somebody else was pushing against you. Yeah, when they weigh the same amount or it seems it's it's tiring, yeah. I know. Yeah, dude, wrestlers definitely have my respect. It's probably the hardest sport out there. Uh, swimming probably all as well. Those are probably the top two sports that I never did, but you guys definitely have my respect. I think the thing for me about tough sports because I've always had that question about like is wrestling the toughest? And I go, look, you know, not only is the practice probably i could almost guarantee without playing other sports you know enough like there's no way that our practices aren't tougher than whatever practice everybody else has but then there's the other thing they do their two-hour practice we do our two-hour practice at the end of their two-hour practice they're gonna go and they're gonna go to the dining hall and they're gonna load up they're gonna drink all their water they're gonna recuperate where a wrestler is basically in 24 7 practice because of the amount of discipline that you need to have mentally to stay away. I mean, you never know how badly you start craving sugar and fats until you don't have it. Like your body is like, do you need me some fats? I need it. And you're like, man, donuts right now and everything else, every other bad thing for you. It's all, all you would want. You would sell your soul for a donut. I tell you what. And that's the thing that like swimmers don't have to, they don't get, they can go and they, if they really wanted to eat that, they could or a wrestler can't that is a really good point like you said it's it's a 24 7 thing right when you hit the off season how good was that that donut (laughs) well that's the thing is then once you start eating it then you're like oh okay never mind 
there's a part of you that finally understands one thing when it comes to eating bad stuff. So you will give in and you'll eat that donut. And you know what? Like this is during season, right? So you eat it or you eat whatever other cake or stupid thing that you just put in your body that was a crap ton of calories and did nothing for you. And then you go, I still am hungry. I'm still thirsty. And that cake's gone. So like at the end of the season, when you finally can, yeah, you'll you'll mow it down for like a day. And then that, that craving goes away. Because at that point, now you're not thirsty, you're not hungry. So you're like, okay, what was I complaining about? But yeah, there's definitely in season, it's just realizing the most important thing. No cake is going to make you feel better 10 minutes after you eat it. So you just got to stay away from that stuff and just kind of try to eat as clean as you can or, you know, chugging water, of course. Like, yeah, you might think that might be like, wow, I'm going to feel so much better if I drink that bottle of water. Yeah, I'm going to gain weight. You drink that one 16 ounce bottle of water, you're still going to feel like crap, still going to be dehydrated. And now you just gained a pound. So go get your butt back on the treadmill. Like, it's just, it's rough. Dude, it definitely sounds like it. Maybe to wrap up, what is the best way for kids to get involved? Maybe like what age should you start wrestling? And then maybe for old guys like us, you know, pushing 30 now, if I wanted to get involved in some kind of wrestling, jujitsu, something like that, what direction should I take? So younger kids, they have like a bitty program and a lot of youth programs. So most schools have a non-affiliated program so like your elementary school like you're not wrestling for like in our case you're not wrestling for jackson elementary or whatever right you'd have a club so those kids like i started in fourth grade and they actually specialize their programs now for like really young like you know your five-year-old kind of kids so i i would say if you really want to be good at the sport you do got to start young and th- these practices for them, like this, they're not cutting weight. They're having some fun. They're just kind of getting out there, enjoying the sport. And I think that as much as it's like, well, you're going to burn the kid out. I feel like in the youth program, based on how their practices are, because for the most part, youth is just about having fun and retaining numbers and kind of getting a workout in and learning the sport a little bit. I think you get the claws into a lot of kids that way about like, you know, this is kind of like a fun sport. And then they realize how much they're going to hate their life in high school. But no, I mean, and, and, <laughs> no, I mean, obviously I enjoy wrestling and I would do it again, but you know, and then when you move on to middle school, you have some basic skills and practices are going to get a little bit harder, but at least you have that base. And then you're going to get a lot more wins when it starts to matter in middle school. And at that point, finally, when you reach high school, now you have, I don't know, six years of experience, maybe, you know, ish, somewhere in that ballpark, four years experience. And you have a good base. You know what you're doing. You know, you develop a love for the sport. And then when you start, if you need to cut weight a little bit because you enjoy the sport enough and you see its value that you'll be able to uh, stay away from some of that bad thing, you know, the bad stuff it's a little easier instead of, wow, this is so stupid. Why am I doing this? I'm just not going to make weight because I don't care. So if I was, or if I had a kid, I would a hundred percent make sure that they wrestled and put them in, in the youth program. And I think that'd be a good advice for anybody. I think it's a great thing to get involved in, of course. And then as far as uh, older people looking for a workout, like, I I mean, there isn't any, you can't really just do wrestling per se, but yeah, I, I think that those, MMA gyms and everything seems to be like that's trending pretty good based on the fact that that's just a full body workout. 
that's so good. Like running is only going to get you so much. Lifting is only ever going to get you so much. But when you start any form of a wrestling thing, it's going to be a real good thing for your body overall. I mean, you might feel like crap for like a, a the first two weeks, probably, especially if you haven't moved in a while. But once you're, you start getting used to it, your muscles are going to thank you. So I, I would say regardless of age, get in, get in there and get a good workout in. Yeah, definitely for like a desk jockey like me, something like wrestling, jujitsu, whatever, you know, it's probably the the ideal combination of kind of cardio and weightlifting resistance exercise. So, yeah, you know, you get a good workout in everywhere, but like you also and that's the other thing, especially with the other kids, it's you start learning your body and about like how to move people. So they always talk about like football players and wrestling. I mean. It, that's important even as an adult like there's a lot of stuff that i do like if i'm trying to like i don't know move a heavy object in my house but like knowing just basic in that case it's more like a lifting as well but like your leg position and your back position and everything on how you move stuff and some of that was learned you know just from sports and lifting but also just in wrestling as well well even during like high school football our coaches always loved the guys that also wrestled for whatever reason, you you were the meaner set of guys, and especially like if they played defensive line, they were just owning people. I don't know if it was the, just the wrestling background or what, but it always seemed like wrestling helped people in football. I I wouldn't ever doubt that. I mean, it, when you're on the line it, it, and you're pushing people, that's basically what heavyweights are kind of doing. They're kind of pushing around a little bit and no like understanding your body when it comes to pushing weight from your feet that's neutral wrestling neutral wrestling is linemen i mean so alignment like that of course they're going to be better there's muscles that you don't even know that you had are going to be stronger on those wrestlers because they use them all the time in wrestling so yeah those guys are gonna you know destroy it on football and there's plenty of you see the stats all the time it, it seems like when it was talking about like I think it was an Ohio state picture or something that it had like the picture of their line. And it was like, it had all their wrestling stats underneath all of them. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like pretty much like all of them were like state qualifiers or whatever in wrestling. But the point is, is the whole line wrestled. So yeah, if you want to be good at football, wrestling is definitely a good way to get there too. All right. Well, thanks Brad for, for coming on the podcast and giving us a glimpse into the wrestling world. I know this was, this was fun for me. So I, I hope it was the same for you. Yeah, of course. I mean, anytime we get to talk about wrestling or if anybody, of course, interested into uh, joining, go for it. So, you know, I suppose you can quit, but I I think a lot of people, once they get in, maybe they'll get the bug and it's good for them, you know, health-wise and and life-wise. I mean, there's a lot of of life lessons you can learn out of wrestling. All right. Well, thanks again. Yeah, thank you. All right. So that wraps things up. I'm just going to give my final thoughts here before we call it a day. You know, looking back on high school and my younger years, I wish I would have got into wrestling. I, I really feel like I would have enjoyed it if I actually would have committed to doing it. But like my dad never wrestled, so that's probably kind of why I just was in the default frame of mind that I wasn't going to wrestle. But looking back, I feel like it would have been a really good sport. You know, you get in super good shape and it's just really tough. So I feel like that would have been something I would have enjoyed. The only drawback is though you got to wear those singlets and then cauliflower ear and all that kind of stuff. I forgot to ask Brad about that, but that's another drawback. 
Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reach out to us on social media. We like hearing from you guys. And if you guys have a, an idea for an episode that you'd like to hear, give us a shout out and uh, we'll consider it. So we'll see you guys next week. Later.